Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And welcome into the show, the North Shore Fisher Report, a special two-hour North Shore Fisher Report this morning. Glad to have you aboard. We've got a great show lined up. We've got a lot to get to this morning with the warmer weather here and, and the bass spawning and uh, the soccer spawning. Got a great lineup of guests coming up this hour. Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters is going to join me to talk a little about fishing the area on the saltwater side. Uh, Captain Andy fishes Lake Ponch train. And, well, well, we've got some good news this week. It looks as if the Bonnie Carey Spillway might have a chance of being shut this year. Uh, so that's good news, as as you well know. This this we've been dealing with so much fresh water here on the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain, with it being open uh, the past two years, and last year was open twice in one year. So if we can get this thing to stay closed this year, then that's gonna that's gonna do wonders for fishing in Lake Pontchartrain and uh, in Lake Bourne. That spillway affects so much water. Uh, even Mississippi was complaining last year; it was affecting them as well. So. Let's hope that nothing changes within the next couple of weeks as far as the rainfall goes. It uh, looks as if the Mississippi River is, is cresting right now at 16.9 and looks to be on its way down, they're, they're forecasting. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that with uh, Captain Andy when he joins us in a little bit. Also, we're going to talk a little uh, bass fishing. Chris Basie is a local bass tournament angler, and uh, he's the director for Bass Assassin's Fishing Tournament. Chris is going to give us a scoop on the local bass tournament scene here on the North Shore, and we'll also talk to him about what what these bass are doing as far as the spawn goes. Um, those bass are moving up in the shallows now. We've seen an eight-pound bass caught already in the pearl, so that's a sign of these big fish are, are betting now. But we'll get the scoop on Chris when he joins us later. Also, Todd Ullman's going to join us this morning. Todd fishes for catfish here on the North Shore. Uh, he runs trot lines in the Tefuncta River. Also does a little uh, bass fishing and, and perch fishing. And, well, it looks like it's time for all three. Well, at least at least catfish and bass. Those those perch seem to tail behind a bit as far as when they spawn. Seems like they tend to, to be about a month behind the Sokolay spawn here in south Louisiana. And uh, speaking of Sokolay spawn, we're, we're going to... We're going to start to see the, the reports rolling in on, on North Shore Fishing Report. It looks as if they're moving into the shallows right now. I'm um, looking at the calendar for last year, and uh, they, they're a little bit behind schedule a few weeks from last year. Last year we saw a little warmer temperatures, and that may be the culprit. Yeah, well, I say that may be the culprit. Those That is the culprit. Those water temperatures play a huge role in, in when those they move up to the shallows and, and lay their eggs. So, uh, second hour, eight eight o'clock to nine o'clock, we're going to focus in on nothing but sockeye fishing. We're going to have Cajun Ray Miller join us in the eight o'clock hour to get his take on what he's seeing 
Uh, Ray fishes the Trafunca River primarily, but he's been venturing off into the other rivers. Uh, we're seeing more Sockele reports out of Bayou Lacombe lately. Uh, last spring was the, the best spring they've had over on Bayou Lacombe in, in probably over a decade. So uh, we'll get his take on what's going on, on over there in Bayou Lacombe. And, uh, we, you know, we can't talk Bayou Lacombe without having Mr. Forrest Green on the show. <laughs> Mr. Green's going to join us and we'll get a report from him on uh, what's working on Bayou Lacombe. He likes to target that area for Sakale. Uh, also, we're going to hear from Zach Liberto. Now, Zach, Zach's known for his speckled trout and redfish that he catches. Uh, we've had him a few times here on the North Shore Fish Report show. Uh, but Sokole, what, what's Zach doing catching Sokole? <laughs> so we're going to check in with Zach. Uh, Zach seems to have caught the Sokole bug and is now hooked. Uh, he had an incredible last year, and we're going to check in with him to see what he's seeing over there on that Trafunta River. Maybe get some tips from him on how he started up uh, Sokolay fishing for those who are interested in learning how to, to fish for those white perch. So let's see. We've got Bayou Lacombe covered. We've got Trafalgar River. And let's move on west and uh, hear from somebody who fishes the Tickfall for Sokolay. Jeremy Glasscock's going to join us later to give us a field report on the Tickfall River. So an entire hour dedicated to Sokolay fishing here on the North Shore. Uh, and if you want more information on Sockley fishing, we're doing something called Sock Week on NorthShoreFishingReport.com. Last year we had over 25 reports in one week. Uh, this year we're looking to beat that. Uh, we'll be doing nightly interviews from the NFR studio and posting them on the website. Also, we're going to be having some giveaways. Uh, every day we're going to be giving away some lures. We've got all kind of Sockley baits. We've got some, some of Cajun rays, hand-tied jigs that he donated. Uh, also, we're going to be giving away a crappie rod. Jeremy Glasscock donated a Sam Heaton super-sensitive pole uh, specifically made for Sokolay fishing, so thanks for, thanks for that, Jeremy. Um, so we're going we're gonna to be giving away a lot of goodies uh, this week on NorthShoreFishReport.com. Uh, okay, just a, just a quick note before we get to the break here. We've got a, a tournament going on over the east pearl the guys are fishing right now so if you're not entered you won't be able to fish it but i was told by lee hillman one of the organizers for the aidens foundation fishing rodeo uh that the, the weigh-in is half the fun it's going to be held over at the blind tiger restaurant slide out there's going to be a live band uh, pig roasting uh, you can enter into a raffle and win some prizes if you're looking for something to do this afternoon. It's for a great cause. That Aidens Foundation, uh, they minister to families who have lost a child. So a Christ-centered organization right there. Uh, weigh-in is at 3 p.m. this afternoon, and the party will go until tonight if you're looking for something to do and, and support a good cause at the same time. Okay, up next we're going to kick things off with Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters. I'm sure Captain Andy's grinning from ear to ear with the news that the Army Corps of Engineers says they won't open the spillway, barring any spectacular rain events to the north. So we'll pick back up on the other side of the break with Captain Andy. Leave it tuned right here on WWL 105.3 HD2, or you can stream it live at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Be right back. And welcome back into the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. Up next, we're going to cover a little saltwater fishing. Uh, if you can call it that, uh, this area is going through a really tough time when it comes to salinity, even Lake Bourne, uh, which is dependable usually as, as far as decent salinity levels. Um, 
It's pretty low these days. I'm checking the salinity re- reading at uh, the Wrigley's of 0.4 parts per thousand, which is really, really low. Now, granted, that Pearl River is currently dumping a ton of fresh water into Lake Bourne, so hopefully that pearl will start falling and the salinity levels can uh, get back up to where we can get back to fishing in that area like we normally would. So up next is going to be Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters. We're going to see if he can give us a few good reports as far as putting some speckled trout or redfish in the boat this morning. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I take it you're not out of the water t- this morning. <laughs> Twenty-five mile an hour winds. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, we're, we're supposed to have a trip uh, this afternoon on the pontoon boat, but I don't think we're gonna. Uh, I don't think we're gonna venture out with these with these conditions. So, but we'll see. Yeah, probably a smart move. Uh, what area we considering going out on Lake Ponch Train or? or? Yeah, south. we run that we run that boat out on the out on the western end of the lake here, out of Mandeville and over towards Lacombe. Uh, we do venture as far as Slidell with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it has a good range. It's a lot of fun. It's really comfortable. But obviously, with the conditions we faced this last week, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle on the fishing side. So we do offer a kind of a scenic tour with that boat as well. We might just shift gears to that. We'll see. It's really going to depend on uh, how, how things lay down this afternoon. Yeah, might be a smart move. Just keep keep your eyes peeled for that wind. Andy, first, I'm looking at here the the Wrigley's gauge, point four parts per thousand. Man, that's just not good. Uh, I'm curious to know what what areas are you focusing on right now, or if you're even catching speckled trout or redfish in the area. Well. Uh, you know, everybody knows that those fish, when that when that lake gets like this, and we've got this fresh water pouring in from the pearl, those fish tend to, to find the, the best water they can. And, uh, and you know, lakeshore states, Eden Isles, all those deep water canals, they tend to hide in there. Uh, you can occasionally find them, um, you know, over by Shellmet. Now, the rock still has a few fish, even though that water is real dirty over there as well. So uh, it's just kind of, uh, you know, really looking um, this time of year when I don't have a lot of trips or we're canceling some trips. I actually go to places where we typically haven't seen fish in a while just to see if something different's happened and just to check the water. So we ventured out yesterday and got our butts handed to us over here on the west end uh, on the the causeway. And uh, we we had to get back in. It was really rough over here. Um, did get a report from a buddy that fished, uh, fished the rocks over there in Chalmette, though he got five in that dirty water. So that was something, Mm -hmm. but the best reports are coming from the Biloxi Marsh. Uh, they're still catching some fish over there and you're getting a nice, nice mixture of reds and, and trout. Yep. The Biloxi Marsh always saves us here on the North shore, you know, dedicate to making that run across Lake Bourne. Um, you can get to a whole area of new new fishing as far as what we're used to seeing over here. It tends to clean up. The water gets saltier, more of that marsh-style fishing, you know. So definitely yeah, a good move heading back. down there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you just got to really use caution if you're going to run across the lake, especially this time of year, the way the winds, winds and weather change so quickly. Yeah. Andy, um, you know, I mentioned the four parts per thousand, and I get that from the website. Do you have any other tools you recommend that you uh, utilize for, for monitoring conditions, whether it be 
salinity or water clarity? You know, I really, I just got to go, everything's on the North Shore Fishing Report page. If they go there, if people want everything for our area on the North Shore, uh, you, you've got everything you need right at your fingertips. And, uh, that's what I use. I use that. And then, uh, you know, I'll check some of the local weathers, but most, most of your readings on the local stuff is coming from inland. So you, when you're looking at winds and things like that, you always gotta, you gotta add a few miles per hour when you're on the waters. It definitely makes mm-hmm. a difference when you're out there on the, on the lake. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that causeway, uh, operates a good website. It's a bit, it's the uh, readings from the bastial on the causeway, and it, that gives you very good accurate because that the readings are straight on the middle of the lake, so you know it's not protected water or anything. So that's pretty good. Andy, uh, those shell pads and the artificial reefs—they um, used to be a destination for speckled trout anglers uh, in the springtime. They used to heat up, but I just don't see too much activity uh, at the reefs anymore. I guess that's a, a direct reflection of the salinity levels, huh? I, I believe it absolutely has to do with our, our water conditions, Keith. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, very disappointing. Uh, you know, the, there's really, really very little of anything came off the reefs this year. Uh, you're going to have Forrest Green on, who, who's a master of that stuff out of uh, out of those re- the wellheads out of Lacombe. And, uh, you know, just talking with him the other day, um, it was just very disappointing, you know, and I, and I was – I was just telling him, I didn't see a thing out there this year. And he, he kind of reiterated the same thing real, real slow, not much going on. And, uh, you know, mother nature's doing her thing. Um, and we're just going to have to work around that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got some good news from the army Corps of engineers. It looks like they're not going to open it up, but, um, we're going to have to monitor that to see if there's any more rainfall, but looks like it should start dropping. Boy, that would be great. Hunter dies that bullet. Boy, that would be outstanding. Uh, you know, hopefully to get us back on track quickly, and uh, yeah, we could really we can really use a break on that. See if we can get some of these east winds pushing a little salt water back in here. Yeah, yep, definitely looking at that. Andy, the warmer weather, uh, man, that's coming. Uh, seems like the those seagulls will be diving more and more when you, when that water warms up. You're not seeing any birds diving, huh? No, I haven't seen anything over here. You know, a lot of times I'll see that in Lake Bourne when we're fishing over there. Uh, we'll see we'll see them in Lake Bourne typically more than we do um, over here on the west end of the lake. Although last year we did with that phenomenal redfish run, we had a couple occasions where the birds were going crazy, and obviously there were some great schools of reds, uh, you know, working shrimp and everything else. So hopefully we'll see a little bit of that again this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about the catfish? Catfish still going strong, huh? Not not going anywhere. <laughs> no, the catfish are still good. As a matter of fact, I talked to one of the commercial guys yesterday. Um, of course, he's been he's been fighting the same things that we've been fighting. He hasn't been able to get out uh, and fish as much as he'd like to, just because Mother Nature's been uh, keeping him pretty hemmed up as well. But he said the catfish has been phenomenal and uh, just kind of you know, right in line with everything we've been saying and seeing out there and everything that everybody's kind of catching across the board. So, yeah, beautiful blue catfish, some nice channel cats. Um, you know, definitely, yeah. definitely a good thing. We, well, we have Todd Ullman coming up uh, later on, and he's like, he's the catfish guy. He runs his, his uh, trot lines in the Trafuncta River, so we'll get his take on 
if he's seeing any increasing in catfish in the rivers because we're really seeing the increase in the lakes, you know, Lake Bourne in that area. So we're going to see if he's seeing an, also an increase in the in the Chipunka River or the rivers, the tributaries that are on the North Shore. Andy, uh, your your big fish trips are they're going to be cranking up soon? I got to believe. Uh, have you made any big fish trips lately? Well, we <laughs> the phone the people are super excited to get out there and start doing that stuff. It is ringing off the hook. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a banner year for us on that once things get right. Um, so yeah, the requests are definitely there. The fish have not moved yet the way we like to see it. We did uh, we did have for momentarily there. We pulled a few a few reds. Uh, really thinking that hey man, we're we're starting to get there. The bait looks good. And, uh, you know, this thing's going to go. And then we had that bad spell. We got rain, winds, and everything. Went back out there three days later, and we were shut down. Could not buy buy a red or just the bait was pushed out. I don't know. It was really crazy. But, that you know, that's kind of what we're dealing with. Uh, consistency when you have this type of weather is really hard to come by. Yeah, absolutely. You got to take advantage of those small windows. And the uh, you know, people are going to start trolling for trout coming up soon. Uh, I know you troll for trout, but not too many people troll for redfish. Uh, and that's something, man, I bet that's fun to do. Just the impact that these fish cause when it hits that, that line, uh, that pole must get slammed down. Uh, talk a little bit about what's involved with trolling for redfish. What areas and what lures? Uh, is, it, is it the same for trolling for trout? Well, um, run it a little differently. Now you will catch redfish trolling. That happens quite a bit off of, uh, uh, off of the trussels and those areas. And we get them occasionally, you know, when we had good fish on the, uh, on the causeway, we would, we definitely pick up some reds here and there. But, uh, when we go and target them specifically a little more toward the October timeframe, um, we set up a little bit different. We use a big, a big spoon, a big drone spoon, uh, we'll drag uh, some shorelines over here between uh, Fountain Blue and Goose, and then we really have a lot of luck over out of Slidell, the Irish Bayou area. Um, and it is a riot. Now, we didn't get as much done last year, but you talk about, yeah, it just destroys the rod. It's a whole different you, – you'll know it's something different. Um <laughs> You don't have to get as much back at the poles like you do for trout, huh? <laughs> you know yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is fun, and a lot of times, you know, years past we had uh, Jack Cravell running with them. They would be in there with those jacks, so it was you pick up that jack and you're in for you know they call them hour jacks for a reason. So it was a good you know, but we'll see. Last year we didn't really get the Jack Cravell coming this far over, so um, you know we'll just have to see what this year holds for us. I think that's another uh, thing to blame on salinity too. You know, Andy, uh, you you customers that want to catch these monster garfish, but I got to know something as far as the rivers on the North shore and and Lake Pontchartrain, where do these garfish go during the winter? Do you know, or do they they leave or do they just hunker down on the bottom? You never see them. I see a lot in, uh, in Lakeshore States. I think they all go there to hang out. Uh, (laughs) They, they just all congregate over there. There's a ton of them over there. Uh, they winter over there? I think that's how you say it, huh? They winter over there? <laughs> yeah, they must winter over there. You know, they got a good – they know those trout are going to move in and they're going to have a feast. Um, 
I, you know, I think they find the deeper pockets. I don't have an exact answer for it, but it is really surprising. They do clear out of this area. Uh, and we get a lot of people that want to fish them this time of year, but you know, they're a little more lethargic when the water gets cold. It's not quite as exciting of, of a, of a trip, but it's still fun to catch those monsters, you know, and as it starts warming up and they start really feeding aggressively, uh, that whole game changes and it, it just becomes a phenomenal trip. Yeah. A whole lot of fun catching those big things. Andy, we've got uh, Sock Week going on our North Shore Fishing Report. Uh, we've got the Sockalay reports rolling in. Have you done any Sockalay fishing yet this spring? Yeah, I got out there one time with Ray, and uh, what a lineup you have coming up, and what a great bunch of guys. And that, you know, that's something I would say too. People are are looking for a really super educated group of people that are very nice. It doesn't matter what level of fishing they're at. The people that are on North Shore Fishing Report that are in these areas are definitely going to help you out. If you get on the premium site, you can ask any of those guys any questions about anything they're doing, and you are just going to be welcomed in. It's so worth it. And if they come to the premium premium meetings, I mean, it's just you're not going to find a better group, and you're not going to find a better page out there because people are not judgmental. It's just, you know, down-to-earth, good reporting. And uh, like I said, the next hour you've got coming up is – is probably the best in the area, without a doubt. Yeah, stick around. Yeah, 8 to 9, we're going to be talking all Sokolay. Man, look, look, look at that lineup. Ray Miller, the Forest Green, Zach Liberto. Now, he, you, you know Zach. He's a saltwater guy, and he's switching over to Sokolay, man. That's, that's bad news for the Sokolay. <laughs> <laughs> Once he sticks his eyes on something, man. <laughs> that is very bad news for the Sokolay, but, you know, it is it is addictive fishing. It's a lot of fun. Great, great resource, and, uh, you know, I, I completely get it, man. I completely get it. Yeah. That thump, man, it's similar to that speckled trout. You know, we like that speckled trout when we're jigging the bridges. We love to feel that thump, and it, that thump, it's on a lesser scale. But, man, fishing 20 feet out in the middle of a trunk of river where you think there's nothing. You know, you drop it straight down. It's a feel of a thump, and to pick up a 12-inch fish, it's like, oh, how did that happen? <laughs> Boy, it's, yeah. it's really addictive, though. Uh, it is. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And, and, you know, you can pick up some bass, and you, you can pick up some catfish and other stuff while you're at it, too. So it, it offers you a nice little variety of fish. Absolutely. All right, Andy, anything else I'm leaving out? Oh, that's it, Keith. Everybody just uh, let's hope this weather gets straight so we can get out there and, uh, you know, start wetting some lines and see everybody on the pond. Absolutely. Have you heard anything about that uh, launch being built over there by the old Tights place at the base of Highway 11? No, I haven't. Uh, you know, a while back I heard rumors of it. I, I haven't heard anything since. Uh, are, are they moving forward with that? I don't know. So I was uh, asking. Uh, last I heard, they were closing down the one by uh, Rats Nest Road and, and moving where Dockside used to be, and, and now they're moving over to the tights on the base of uh, Highway 11. So that would be great. Yeah, that would be that would be wonderful to have another option over there. Um, you know, that's that would be fantastic for sure. Well, we have to keep keep our ears open for to see or maybe see some construction over there. All right, Andy, where can folks get, find some information about booking a trip with Wicked Charters? Yep, North Shore Fishing Report is where I recommend going. Click on the uh, Wicked Fishing Charters banner. 
uh, right in there with everybody else. Uh, you know, tons of other great information, everything you need to know about fishing the, the North Shore right there on that page. Click on our banner, give you our number, and you come straight to our website, and uh, we'll be glad to take care of you. All right, Andy. Take care, and good luck out there, man. The weather's warming up. The fish should be as well. Can't wait to talk more about speckled trout in the, in the months to come with you. We're getting excited about it. We're Hopefully everything's going to get straight soon. Keith, you guys have a most blessed weekend. Stay safe, Andy. Okay, good to hear from you. Uh, trolling, trolling's in full effect. We, you know, we, Andy's going to crank up the trolling on the uh, bridges, hopefully start picking up some trout. Good news with the spillway not being open, so we can get some good reports coming in. Okay, let's get to our break here. When we return, uh, we're going to check in with uh, our freshwater reporters, Chris Basie. I uh, see that the, the bass are moving up. Uh, we've already had an eight-pound bass caught on the Pearl River, so uh, I know those bass are moving into the shallows, so we'll, we'll get Chris's take on some hot spots for, for spawning bass on the North Shore. Keep it tuned right here, WWL 105.3 HD2 FM. Be right back. And welcome back. Keith Lusher here, taking you all the way to the 9 o'clock hour this morning. It's the North Shore Fishing Report. And a primary part of, of North Shore Fishing Report is made up of, of bass fishermen, whether they be uh, tournament fishermen or just fun fishing. Uh, the North Shore has a ton of options as far as catching both uh, spotted bass and largemouth bass. Uh, up next is someone who's caught his fair share of bass, I'd say. <laughs> Chris Basie joins us this morning. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Keith. Uh, not out on the water t- today, I take it, huh? Oh, yeah, I am. You are. <laughs> Which oh, way yeah. are you fishing? I'm, I'm fishing. I'm, well, I'm fishing in Bonfuca right now. I entered the Aiden tournament, and uh, I made okay. a run over here. What I saw last week was pretty promising, so I came over here. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. A lot of boats showed up for that. Yeah, I was boat number 34, uh, and there was a, a line behind me, so I don't know exactly how many signed up, but there's at least 34. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I know you're fishing a tournament, so I won't ask you how you're doing, but uh, I know these, these bass are moving into the shallows. Talk a little bit about as far as what you're seeing uh, with your tournaments. Is, is the bass up on the, the shallows yet, or you target them up, up in a, you know that six-inch six to a foot deep water? Yeah. yeah, they're definitely moving uh, when when they can. You know, when the tide's not completely out like it's been lately, uh, they, we find them. Like last week, we found them up in there hot, hot and heavy, and they're all just cruising the bank. They're not really locked on because the water was so low, but there was a lot of them up. Good, good deal. Yeah, I saw that eight pound bass caught by Caleb over there at Pearl River Teams Trail Tournament. So that's a good sign that the, the big bass are moving on in. Uh, Chris, uh, talk a little bit about, man, these temperature swings here. It's cold this morning, but it's going to be warming up. Are you going to transition from your style of fishing from now until, you know, say 12 noon? Mainly I'm just going to change my position where I'm at. Like I'm, I'm fishing the sunny side of, of Palm Lake right now, just kind of, fishing where the sun's beating on the bank and then as it gets up higher and everything warms up then i'm gonna go into what the areas that are shaded right now that are going to be sunny and warmer later i'm just going to keep moving and following the heat yeah chris i mentioned uh caleb bodette he caught that eight pound bass over there in that tournament won that tournament uh he's 16 years old 
Uh, his mm-hmm. friend that he was fishing with was 16 years old. Man, you can see the future bass tournament anglers here. Uh, they're getting younger right yeah. before our eyes. It make you feel old, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty darn old. Uh, my son, I was like, I remember when he was a little kid fishing with me. And uh, we got, yeah, you got Caleb, you got Peyton Waller. He used to fish our tournaments a lot, and now he fishes for his high school for the, uh, the BASS high school trail. And he's been up to Tennessee fishing regional. So we got a lot of good uh, good sticks around here that are going to put us all to shame here in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> Those pesky kids, huh? Man. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you know how the younger generation, it, sometimes they don't know what you're talking about when you, you mention certain things. Uh, when when it happens, mm-hmm. it makes you really feel old. Just the other day, I was talking with my girl. The oldest is 17. The middle is 14. I said something like, uh, is it a super Walmart? We were talking about Walmart. And they looked at me like, what is that? I said, yeah. they said what's a super Walmart? <laughs> you know, it's just Walmart now, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first Walmart I've seen in Slidell, and people were telling us, man, you got to bring sleeping bags. It takes you two days to cover it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for those of uh, us over 40, we can remember that, um, that they had regular Walmarts and now they're super Walmarts. But uh, but I got a question for you. What's some what's some things that this generation wouldn't know named uh, as far as fishing goes? How about, uh, remember the banjo minnow? Did you fall for that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fall for that one. I fell for flying lure, though. I had, I had that. <laughs> I had the flying lure. I did get a set of banjo minnows for birthday one time. So, uh-huh. but that a flying, flying lure. And what, I did, flying uh, lure. Yeah, the flying lure. It comes in a little package. It's the one that would fly backwards because it would you would pull it okay. up and it would just squat okay. down under stuff. So, yeah, I fell for the banjo so. minnow. That banjo minnow worked. The only problem was. That it was uh, the plastic was screwed on with a screw, so anytime you get a bite, it rip it right off the screw. So it worked, but you didn't get any bass in the boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And Joe Minnow. So what's what's something else that Generation Y fishermen they don't have a clue is, is what what that is? Can you think of anything else? Oh uh, yeah, a lot of them don't have the patience. <laughs> <laughs> That's one oh, thing they like. Right there on the on the. Yeah, you just buy some patience, huh? <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, you know, there's some out there that do have it, but for the most part, if they ain't catching fish or they're not winning, they're done with it, you know. It's done. Yeah, fishing, you, you got to realize fishing's probably about the losingest sport you're ever going to, you know, be a part of. So you got to yeah. be prepared to to lose gracefully. <laughs> yep, definitely. All right, Chris, let's get some thumbs up, thumbs down. You know how we do it. I give you a specific location to fish. Uh, you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down of whether you think it would be good this weekend or not. All right. All right. Info. Let's go. Bonsica, right where you're fishing. Let's launch at Heritage yep. Park and head to Coin de Leston. Right, so that definitely a thumbs up. There's a lot of fish moving in. The water's perfect color. Uh, right now it's like 62 degrees I'm looking at right now. So it's absolutely perfect. I did find last week, though, that they're very slow. So she got to throw, like, top waters really, really, really slow and or throw a Cinco. And the only time I'd stop to flip is if I actually saw a bed or saw a fish on a bed. That's the only time I'd actually stop moving 
to start fishing for one fish. So you're saying slow. You mean you, you're just working the, the lure slower, popping it slower? Yeah. Less? Working the frog yeah. chug bug just extremely painfully slow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Almost goes against your instinct, huh? Yeah. You just pop it a couple of times and sit there and wait. And finally one will come up and look at it. Mm. All right, let's go to the East Pearl, launch at Highway 90, and head north towards Logtown. Uh, that's a thumbs down there. That, that, it's still pretty tore up right now from the flood. It's still got a lot of muddy water everywhere. Uh, it's still pretty high, actually, up there, too. So that's definitely a thumbs down up there. Thumbs down. Okay. Go Higgins Canal. Launch at Wrigley's Marina. Turn left. It's just the dead ends along the, the north side of Go Higgins. That's a good thumbs up there. Uh, if you go, because you got to figure all that marsh that's around there and bass that are in there, those areas within docks and the rock banks are going to warm up first before that marsh. So the fish are going to start moving in there first. So definitely it's probably the same lures as Bontuka. Throw some top waters and uh, and flip when you, uh, whenever you skip it. All right, Chris, what's up for uh, Bass Assassins Fishing Club? Our next one is going to be on the Chifuncta on the 15th. Mm, good old Chifuncta. Got a couple oh, at, the, at the tournament when they drew that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else I'm leaving out, Chris? That's about it. Just be careful out there. It's pretty windy out there right now, and I got to run headed ahead of me headed back across the lake, so it's going to be a little bumpy. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck to you, and uh, man, hope hopefully catch a good five bass stringer for that Aiden's tournament. Yeah, I'll be happy with a good showing. So, All right, good luck. Stay safe out there, man. Thank you, Keith. Okay, Chris Basie right there talking bass fishing and tournament fishing on the North Shore. Always good to hear from him. Hopefully he he uh, catches a good stringer for that Aiden's Foundation tournament in places. All right, I want to remind folks, if you need any information as far as bass tournaments go, you can uh, go to NorthShoreFishingReport.com, click on the North Shore Bass Series page. All right, we've got a lot to get to still on this two-hour segment of North Shore Fish Report. Todd Olman's coming up, so stick around. It's the North Shore Fish Report on more outdoors. And welcome back to the show. You know, I've always been fishing the North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain. I've been fishing for quite some time, and we've always had a good catfish bite. And it was mostly the rivers uh, where we could set lines or, or just use a rod and reel, but I tell you, the catfish population has absolutely exploded here on the North Shore, and it's not so much the rivers that we're seeing the catfish reports in. Uh, It's the lake and even down into Lake Bourne, the ICW, that area. Almost every saltwater report we get now has has at least one catfish in it. Uh, We're starting to see those catfish move out into the open water and the marshes, and it's got to be because of that fresh water that's inundated the area. But uh, coming up next is someone who knows a little more about catfish than I do, and that's Todd Olman. Todd's been fishing the uh, rivers and bayous along the North Shore all his life, and also does a little perch fishing and bass fishing as well. So let's welcome in Todd. Good morning, Todd. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Looks like we got a great day coming up. Uh, a little the breeze is starting. Hopefully, it doesn't get as as bad as they say it's going to get. Yeah, it's nice outside now, but that, that wind's blowing pretty good here in Hammond. <laughs> yeah. Todd, let's get to the catfish first of all. Do you ever remember 
as many catfish being caught in this area as we're seeing right now. No, I sure don't, Keith. It's, it's been phenomenal for the last few years, and we're catching plenty of fish. And, and like you said earlier, in, in some strange places, normally places would be catching reds and trout, we're catching catfish now, and good catfish, not hardheads or gaff tops, but good blue cats and channel cats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this past fall we had a report of gentlemen catching a box full of blue cats at Tulane rig. <laughs> Went there, threw live shrimp, was catching them one after the other. That's mind-boggling to me, all, all the catfish that we're seeing. Uh, are you seeing an increase in the toward, inland toward the rivers with your uh, cat lines? Yes, I sure do. When we're running the catfish lines, okay. uh, it seems like opening that spillway has really helped out the catfish population. We're getting a lot more fish and a lot bigger fish, it seems like. Yeah, we've got Rodney Dupuy over there in uh, Manshack. He's posted a few reports this past month uh, saying he's catching over 108. So, man, that's definitely something. Uh, You're catching 100 fish a night. That's pretty doggone good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fish for days, huh? Fish for years. Yes, when you catch 100 a night. <laughs> uh, cleaning for Probably days, too. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Bring them to Todd. He'll clean them for you. <laughs> Todd, we're going to be talking to Sockaway the whole next hour of the show. Uh, next hour, uh, white perch are starting to move into the shallows, so the Sockaway reports are starting to flow in. I know you perch fish. Do you Sockaway fish much? I pride myself on being the world's worst Sockaway fisherman. Wow. wow that's impressive, I, I, Yeah, I know. I had a lot of competition, <laughs> but I beat out everybody to be the worst one. It's something <laughs> I, I've tried, and I've never – had much luck. About the only time of the year I can catch them is this time of the year when they're moving in shallow. I can usually catch two or three, and I'm on cloud nine. I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. So I'm going to make sure I listen next hour and get some tips because I know you got some good guys coming up. Oh, yeah, we got some real pros, and then, and then Zach has just jumped into the game. So maybe we get a tip from him on how to start out. I know one tip. When you go, when you try to start learning cyclo fishing, don't bring any bass floors in the boat and leave all leave all your bass rods home because you you see an explosion up next to the bank, you want to grab that that bass pole and, and cast out, and before you know it, you're bass fishing. <laughs> that, that's my problem. Yeah, I like fishing for whatever bites. So I'll give it about five minutes. I don't catch any cyclo. I'm off the bass or perch or catfish or something. Yeah. Yeah. Now the bluegill, uh, the perch, um, that spawn's coming up. How do you correlate that with the sockeye spawn? It seems like to me those sockeye spawn before the, the perch get up into the shallows. Is that true? Yeah, I believe so, Keith. I think the sockeye require a little cooler temperatures to spawn in, and the uh, bluegill and other brim species they like it to be a little warmer. So around April or May, to me, it gets to be really good brim fishing time where you can get some crickets and worms and bounce around and find, you know, some bedded up ones and, and really load the boat up at that point. Yeah. Now you fish with crickets and worms under a cork. Does that change? Uh, you, you, you fish that year round just about, do you ever switch over to like a fly or something surface popper? Uh, no, I really don't. Uh, I know a lot of people do, especially down on that Tangerhoe River, Black Bayou, that area. You can see you can see the brim popping on top of the water, and they'll take those flies and just wear them out. But I'm not much of a fly fisherman, but I can take those crickets and put a little light weight or no weight at all and let them skim on the top, and they'll hit them, especially those big old goggle eyes, and that's big fun, catches a lot of them. You know, we got a lot of brim in this 
Canterville River over about Trafunk. There's a lot of good fishing there. Absolutely. And what about the what about the goggle eye? When what tastes better, a bluegill or a goggle eye? Uh, I'm going to go with the bluegill, but I like a good goggle eye myself too because you can fillet them. My life, my wife loves fillet perch or brim, so we try to get some big hand size goggle eye, and we can fillet them off the bone and fry them up. And they're pretty doggone good, but it's tough to beat a brim, a bluegill, or a lake run or something like that. Absolutely. What's what's some good areas for, to do some perch fishing on the North Shore? Uh, I, uh, my preference is the Canterbury River around the Black Bayou area. That's a big bayou right off the river there. Uh, middle Bayou toward Manchac's good. The Highway 51 Canal is good. Bedico Creek is excellent if you fish it during the week. On the weekend, it gets really crowded with boats. But during the week, early in the morning, late in the evening, you can bounce around those gum trees and cypress trees and, and really do real well. Just, you know, basic fishing with the red worms, crickets. Uh, you want to throw a beetle spin, that's always good. Especially, like, if you're fishing goggle eye, you get some grass shrimp or a little crawfish, you know, about as big as your fingernail there, and put them on there and throw them up against some cypress trees. You'll get sockelet and, and goggle eye and catfish, a little bit of everything. So that, that's a good good place to start over in this area. Well, it's been so long since so I fished with a beetle spin. I used to love that little little bait, whipping it out there. It's like catches everything, bass, perch, sockelet. Uh, the green yeah, with the black stripes, well, you can't go wrong with that, huh? You're you're right. Yeah, black and yellow is always a good color. There's white with the red dots. works real well, and it's it's good for catching anything. You can get you a nice little mixed bag of fish. Todd, uh, the, those uh, Ray Miller's coming on. When he fishes uh, for perch, he says he uses these things called green worms. You know what those are? No, not unless they're regular worms died. Green? That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna find out for them. He calls them green worms. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking they died, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I've the seen the chartreuse. Where you put the chartreuse powder in there and in, in the worm box. So we'll have to f- listen yeah. and find out what a green worm is. Yeah, we're going to see if that's organic or if that's, uh, <laughs> Cajun, that's right. a, a little Cajun ingenuity making these worms green, huh? <laughs> yeah, you got me curious what it is now. Todd, uh, you run catfish lines over there at your front. Uh, how's, how's the spring going so far for you? What's the biggest you caught? Uh, I've been going pretty well. Fish are biting real well, and it seems to be biting all over the North Shore of the catfish anyway. Uh, the biggest we've caught, probably about 40, 42 pounds. Nothing terribly huge, but some good good fish. Plenty of uh, rivers just full of, you know, your 30 and 40-pound fish. Anytime you want to catch one, bait up with cut mullet or cut perch or live perch and let them sit overnight, and you'll have a big one. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. What are you What are you baiting them with? Uh, you ever fish with a rod and reel? I get a lot of questions about somebody. They want to just bring their kid out, fish from land with a rod and reel, just cast out and hopefully you know catch a big catfish. What would be your your, your answer to that? Oh yeah, it, it's fun catching them on rod and reel. I mean, any place you have access to the Trifuncta would be good, like the Madisonville Riverfront, Fairview Park. Uh, the old Coast Guard sheds gone now, but along there because. Those big catfish are coming out of the lake. From They've been there most of the winter. I know the guys who run hoop nets, I was talking to one of those fellows the other day, and they, they're catching so many fish, they were throwing them back because nobody would buy them. And, you know, and they're running their 
hoop nest just right out of the lake there. So anywhere yeah. along the riverfront you can get access to, you know, get you some dead shrimp or, or cut bait and throw it out there, and you should have some good luck. All right, Todd, anything I'm leaving out? Did you make it over to uh, Zamari Park this year for the Rainbow Trout? Yes, we we caught a couple, me and my son. We made it over. They're just about gone now. I went over there last weekend, and, and some bunch of people were fishing. I was talking to them. Nobody had caught any. So I think they're just about fished out. But it won't be long. They'll be stocking catfish in the pond over there. So that's something to look out for for your listeners. Yeah, that's a Murray Park. That That's definitely an option for doing a little land fishing. All right. right. Thanks so much, Todd. Uh, how's, how's those boys doing? The boys are doing great. Big and mean, just like the mama. <laughs> Hopefully she's not listening now. <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm going to get rid of you right now. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go get beat up by my wife. Take yeah. care, buddy. All right. Todd Ullman right there making a misstep. <laughs> the catfish man running his lines in a Tafunta River catching those catfish. All right. We're halfway done here this morning. Well, it's a special two-hour North Shore fishing report. Stick around for the next hour because we've got a bunch of cycle angles. I fished the North Shore, Ray Miller, uh, Jeremy Glasscock, Forrest Green, Zach Liberto. They're all going to join me next hour, and we'll get some field reports on the rivers here on the North Shore. See if those cycle have moved into the shallows yet. So stick around for more North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors, WWL 105.3 HD2. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.